Welcome to Don't Quote Me On That. One day we will have an intro, but today is not that day. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Kalina. And I'm Eleanor. And uh, welcome back to Don't Quote Me On That, where we kind of talk about movies. And today we will get to talk about my favorite kind of music movie, music videos. <laughs> Which, funnily enough, I never watch. <laughs> yeah, um, we're also starting i guess i guess we can call this a, a series can we can we call it a series i i want to call it a series because i'm very hopeful we will do this again but given our track record i feel like we should wait until we've done two that's fair um then today we're just doing something we thought would be fun which is the whole show really yeah this whole thing is just things we think is going to be fun and sometimes it's fun. See, what happened was one time this guy was like, hey, Kalina, your housemate seems really cool. You should do a radio show with her. And me and my housemate had nothing in common and never spoke to each other, even though we had like five classes together. That is not true. You and your housemate had, we had those in common. And sometimes we would sit next to each other because we were the only two people that we knew in those classes, in, in that one class. That's not us having things in common. That's um, called necessity. I'm sorry. Did grief. we not have that class in common? Did we not have all of those yeah, assignments yeah, in yeah, common? Yeah, did we not have all of those yeah, lectures in common? Okay. We had a few things in common. We also had a house in common. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I'll ask, but she's going to say no. And then she said yes. And the only thing we had both seen and remembered was Twilight. And then it was all downhill from there, but we had fun. We do. We have a lot of fun. And we subjected a poor 15-year-old boy to the plot of Twilight. Still the best show we've ever done. By a country mile. Okay, anyway, what are we talking about? (laughs) Uh, So today we are talking about My Chemical Romance. Um, And the way that we have decided to do this is take their first song or at least one of their first songs um and then their latest song and we also picked one in between them we're not going to call it a middle song what we did and hopefully what we will do in the future is whoever has the most feelings about the band picks their favorite track essentially uh so in this case kalina picked um a track kind of from the middle um, and we're just gonna we're gonna talk about it. We might do some comparisons. We might do some complaining. We might do some praising. Um, we're just gonna gonna go through it. I have to listen to the episode to find out. You will. You will. We will also have to do the episode to find out because <laughs> um, shockingly, we don't uh, record these intros once we already know what we're talking about. We just hope. Which is also how I write my essays. And it's a shock I've gotten this far. Listen, you got a degree, don't you? But I do. I'm about to have two. Uh, for, some, for some background, for those of you who may not know, uh, My Chemical Romance started in 2001. And then they went dormant around 2013. And... Um, I believe it was it was either late 2019 or maybe early 2020. I'm not sure. They announced that they would be going on another tour. Um, 
and I believe yeah so the they announced they were going on a tour I don't think they had any music then um and then obviously 2020 happened the COVID pandemic paused a lot of things and a few weeks ago we got the first uh new music from my chemical romance in quite a long time yeah so may 12th they uh released their first new song since 2014 um that is the song that we will be talking about for the latest because um hopefully they don't release a new one in between when we're recording this and when the uh episode comes out but if they do they do and you're just gonna have to work with us um yes i didn't realize it had been by a few weeks well don't worry about that don't worry about that i would like to preface this episode by saying eleanor and i were not um my chemical romance kids that wasn't like our shtick no i think um for a while they're in like the the whole i guess pop punk area mm-hmm. i would say the big three were my chemical romance fallout boy and panic at the disco mm-hmm. but around the kind of the end of my chemical romance i i would say that the big three almost became 21 pilots fallout boy and panic yeah. at the disco for a while and i kind of got into to this type of music around the time where My Chemical Romance was fading out and 21 Pilots was coming in. Mm-hmm. I, so. I don't know why. Like, I, I, I don't want to say I don't like My Chemical Romance. It just was, like, not my not my thing. Um, I was more of a... I, I wasn't really into any of the big three, to be fair. Um, but I, I was, like, a, a Pierce the Veil, Sleeping With Sirens kind of middle school emo so like i definitely like heard my chemical romance and definitely was like in the space so to speak but like wasn't my personal yeah i i don't think i ever like intentionally listened to them until we decided to do this um this show this we had this idea because i mean kind of similar to Kalina, I was existing, or at least my music taste kind of exists around the same place. But I'd say mm-hmm. um, my my big three were definitely um, One Direction, Fall Out Boy, and yeah. that's it for a while. It would switch between Twenty One Pilots, Panic the Disco, and Five Seconds of Summer. So like, I, I think I'm just a little bit too poppy for um, uh, My Chemical Romance. Also, uh, I was talking to one of my friends and I told them about this idea and um, they said, you'd probably like some of the stuff off of their Danger Day albums because or their Danger Days album because it's their poppiest and you're basic, <laughs> which is mean, but also very, very true. I never listened to them intentionally either, but about, you know, sometimes you'll like get back into like your middle school phase so about like once or twice a year. I'll like go on a Pierce the Veil rampage on YouTube again and like they obviously pop up kind of in association and then also about once a year I do really like My Chemical Romance's first album I happened upon like you know sometimes like people just upload the whole album as one YouTube video so like I happened upon it on accident one time 
And I don't like listen to it actively, but like about once a year, I will just put it on and kind of have that on a loop for a couple of days. Just, I like the vibe of it, but like, I wouldn't say I like, I'm paying active attention, you know? I, like, like, it'll pop up my recommend. I'm like, oh, that is good. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, their first album is called I Brought You My Bullets, You Brought Me Your Love. Which, first of all, that title just goes and, hard. Um, I'm sure Eleanor has thoughts about that. I can hear her thinking. I do have a lot of thoughts, and I'm really sorry. I just, I want to say it not... I, we're so, gonna offend some people today i feel like i we're gonna offend a lot of people i feel like um i feel like what i imagine a lot of people feel about taylor swift in that mm-hmm. you you can't deny that the writing is done well mm-hmm. it's just not a style like the, the lyrics it's it's just not a style that i like like yeah. i can definitely admit that they have a lot of talent and the lyrics are all crafted very nicely and i think especially yeah, the songs like we chose you can tell yeah. that they kind of they they can craft a story and they they know what idea they're trying to get across it's clear why they're popular it's just not happen. yeah it's just not it's not doing it for you which is fine yeah i always think the name of the album is um i brought you my bullets you brought me your gun which i think would have been better but that's just that's just because um, <laughs> i'm i'm silly and i always go bullets gun that makes sense yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm a simple woman. Uh, <laughs> you really are. Honestly, that name is a little bit musical theater, which I think is really embarrassing for you. Moving quickly on. Um, it's a, it's, so the first song, so based on my very quick Google search, okay, I would say minute tops I put into effort here the first song it seems that they wrote and not even they but gerard way who's the the lead singer and kind of the main guy in my chemical romance wrote mm-hmm. was skylines and turnstiles and basically the story goes that he started the band because of 9-11 he just felt like obviously 9-11 changed a lot of people's lives changed the nation's lives you know and but he, he because of 9-11 he felt his he, he I, I have a quote from him. I saw an interview, basically, where he said that, like, music was the thing he wanted to do and, like, he really wanted to pursue. So after 9-11, he wrote this song, and then he kind of got the band together. And this is this song okay. is on their first album. Eleanor and I saw, like, a couple of their first singles from the first album, and I don't, I don't remember if this is one of them, but as far as I could tell, this was the first song ever written for the band or for the entity that would become My Chemical Romance. So... The first song we're going to talk about is Skylines and Turnstiles. Yes. So this may not be their first first single as a band. Why do you want me to go first? I know why you want me to go first. Okay. (laughs) So. No, I was trying to get like the first song ever. um, Because I feel like first single is, obviously that's very crafted. It's it's different. Especially like, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, according to the the genius um, page, that this this is their first studio single, and also I don't I don't mm-hmm. Kleena mentioned nine eleven. Um, Gerard Way, the the front man, he actually like was in New York, like witnessed oh, it. Yes. It wasn't yes. just yeah. So, which is kind of important. I saw some towers fell. And, I saw an interview. Yeah. So, like, understandably, Speaking of impacted genius, him real quick. incredibly. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, normally, when we like listen to an album, we don't, at least I, I don't I think Eleanor does this too, but I try not to look at the lyrics. I try to like take it in. But for this, I did look at the lyrics just because I wanted to be like very clear about what was, you know, happening in every song and kind of, since we're doing like their first and latest, kind of see a progression. So I did look, I was on Genius too, looking at the lyrics as I was listening to the songs. Oh. I always have the lyrics up just because I'm I'm deaf, honestly. Um, yeah. But I won't like click on any of the like explanation points, and I do my best to ignore the little like blurbs they have about it. Yeah, I did just look at them just for some clarification because I felt like this was a bit more important to be sure what was happening. Yeah, this was less of a rather of than a, me just going. I don't know. You know he yelled a lot, expression. and um... <laughs> understandable. Anyway, so, your thoughts. Okay, you haven't changed your mind on me going first yet? Nope, I'm, I think I'm doubling down on it, actually. Okay, so this song, it is called um, Skylines and Turnstiles. And it is, you can very much, once you know that he wrote it kind of after witnessing 9-11, kind of decompressing this huge thing that really, you know, before then had never happened in America. Um, it is very emotional. It, uh, I think the lyrics themselves uh, c- could be moving. And I don't want to downplay. <laughs> um, I just don't like it. I really, I just don't like it. I don't like his voice. I don't know why I don't like his voice. I just, I don't like his voice. And the sound is just a little bit too much for me. And sometimes the lyrics are like, I know what you were trying to do. It just doesn't work. There were some parts of other songs that I really like. And like, I like some part of these. Like there's a line where he says, um, after seeing what we saw, can we still reclaim our innocence? Like I like the whole vibe of like you know this this big old thing happened i don't know what to do what you know where do we go from here i like the message and i i I just don't like the song i really don't that's the only line i could pick out from the whole thing i really tried guys i i really i truly did and i'm I'm sure this messed him up a lot but i didn't like it (laughs) I and also, I think this. these genius annotators just need hugs and maybe dads. You need to get jobs. <laughs> yeah. I, I, part of the, like I said, about once a year I go through and I listen to this album on a loop. And Skylines and Turnstiles is not, um, like, one of the songs that like sticks out to me from this album i really like like honey this anyway it's not important what i like i heard this song and remembered what both the reason i like the album and listened to it once a year and then the reason i only listen to this album about once a year is just very clear in this song like if if you've heard any song off this album they all kind of sound the same they, My Chemical Romance, I think, has a very clear sound. And mm-hmm. this is their, like, again, knowing what it, like, knowing what it came off of 9-11, the chaos of the sound makes sense. But, like, it's very clear. And I think it's hard for me to, like, 
describe you either like Eleanor said she didn't like it I think you're either gonna like it or you're not it's just gonna be your vibe or not I I do think the song kind of captures this feeling of being helpless or stuck very well because it's so chaotic like I said it's the audio version of throwing everything at the wall and kind of seeing what sticks because he's just I would agree with that he's like not screaming but he's like yelling kind of he's like yelling singing and about that quote i mentioned earlier that's another thing i really don't like he always wanted to do yelly singing yeah i i remember yeah i was uh, listen i turned this on and i was like oh eleanor's not gonna have a good time with this song (laughs) but so i said maybe it's like music was what he wouldn't always want to do so maybe it's less him throwing everything at the wall and throwing like his last this is his last hope because like 9 11 changed him so deeply and he was like i have to do what i want to do and like that my dream you know so throwing your like ultimate hope at the wall and and making it work because you don't have any other choice yeah and you know the whole thing of like you know this could all be gone in one second Mm -hmm. like it uh, for a lot of people it it was you know why not just Mm -hmm. do the thing you've been wanting to do for forever you know now on a lighter note eleanor's gonna like my next note um he has a line there's a line in the song where he says hello angel where are you and um you know if you're thinking about if you, i think this is a song that like you cannot ruin from the context so sometimes songs are good without the context with the context mm-hmm. i think this is one of those songs like the context is very important to have so like he could be you know talking to the people who are in the towers hello angel where are you and um do you remember when we were in undergrad you know where i'm going with this and we were we were just bebopping our way through our little class no problem everything was fine and then our teacher was like, hey, you know, what's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let me play audio of a woman who's watching the towers fall with and just no warning. Oh, my God. She the so basically it was a lecture. I think it was a sociology class and it was a lecture about how you can hear emotion through the voice and she thought the best way to do this was to just un. Clean and I were sitting in class, and then the slide changed, and we looked up, and it was just that picture where the one plane is about to hit the second tower, and the other one has already been hit, and it's just on fire. Oh, it was so much to deal with, and I like Clean and I were barely alive when that happened, but. I, at least like, a warning would have been it, nice. Yeah. Like, of course it's a tragedy and it's devastating. I'm not particular. Like, I, I'm not someone who would, like, see a photo and get terribly emotional about it immediately. Hearing this poor woman on the phone watching Lifetime as, as, a, as the second plane crashed was horrible. And then... And then the lady was like asking us questions. She's like, because she started the class with, do you think you can hear emotion through sound? And everyone in the class was like, yeah. And we all said yes. Then she changes the slide. We're looking at this photo. We hear the audio. And mind you, it was like two clips. It was like the lady, I think just before. And then she saw the second plane. And then we talked about it. And then like she stopped. And then there was a clip of her watching the plane hit. And then afterwards, she was like, so do you guys think we can hear 
emotion through sound only and we were like the answer was still yes but like yeah just a little more devastated when we were the first time she asked i don't know i thought that was a a more lighthearted note but she's crazy in grade school i had to watch i don't know why i just called it grade school like i'm a grandfather anyway i had to watch a whole documentary about people who decided to jump out of the building instead of you know burn alive or to not alive and somehow that was less traumatizing on a lighter lighter note there's this episode of law and order where they find this dead this 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 skeleton in a um in a in like a junkyard and it's missing a finger but it's got this fancy ring on its other hand and then they're like tracking this ring down and then it turns out the ring belongs to this lady who died in the towers and they were like yeah we identified her because we found her finger and they were like damn that's crazy because see the skeleton we got over here is missing that finger and what happened was this guy murdered his mistress and then this next morning towers got hit so then he just carted her her finger over and then pretended she died in the towers because that's where she worked There's this really sad episode of Bones where they find this skeleton and um, it turns out that the guy, um, he was, I think, a firefighter when 9-11 happened. And afterwards, he was just like so messed up from it that he couldn't hold down a job anymore. And he basically became a fairly well-known homeless guy in this town and he died and nobody like had ever what Kalina remember when we said nicer note oh yeah uh, no after I finished my story I realized I don't know what that means I can tell you another 9-11 law and order story <laughs> there was quite a few of them <laughs> no it was about I, firefighters I, so it's related. I, I think I think we might be going into um, okay, well, back to my point. I mean, bad, I don't know my 9 Usually time. our tangents are funny, but now I'm just sad. Yeah, well, it's not going to get better. Please go back to your 9-11 talk. We're not quite there yet. But, I figured. Uh, a couple of, I, I did also like, uh, there was a couple lines I liked. I liked the one Eleanor mentioned, which was, and after seeing what we saw, can we still reclaim our innocence? A couple lines before that, he goes, tell me where we go from here. Which, you know, I think is a feeling probably everyone had seeing that happen. Mm-hmm. And then also, this was just uh, like picture, like imagery wise. He says, "Inside that cave, you call a chest." I thought that was very nice. And I think the song a little bit is kind of like looking for another person for comfort, but also providing them comfort because both of like every like if you take it out of context, it's two people who maybe went through something life changing together, but it affected them in different ways. And if you put it in context, obviously the country went through something life changing. But not everyone was affected the same way. But it affected everyone, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Um, back to my whole, like, it's hard to describe the sound of this song. Like, like I said, if you've heard any song off this first album, they all kind of sound like that. Not in a bad way, but, like, that's the vibe. It's kind of like having thoughts, but they're being echoed by, like, a more, like, volatile side of yourself. Like, the like a lot of times he'll be singing, and then the backing vocals is him yelling the same lines. Mm -hmm. um and then he says our memories blanket us with friends we know like fallout vapors and i did read the genius annotation for this one actually and it discusses from how this is going to be said um it discusses how the ash from the towers was made not just of dust but human lives 
And that reminded me of this. I think it was probably the first spoken word poem I ever heard, which is what got me into... I go, we go on these little loops sometime on YouTube. And it's by this guy named Mike Rosen, and it's called When God Happens. And he it's about 9-11, and he talks about how it's a city covered in the ash of its own citizens. And how he, he was a little kid when it happened, and his father was a firefighter. And he talks about how in the morning he woke up and he went to the window and wiped his hand across the still and watched his fingers turn gray and thought bodies. And then he also says... I wish you could run your hand through the dust on your window and wonder how the bodies got through the door. And um, it's not like, it's not the cheeriest poem, obviously. He talks about like how his dad was working, wasn't anywhere near the towers, but he didn't know that because he was just a little kid. And how like, another line in the poem, he goes, these were times when we lied to our children. When you lied to children, no one is right. I can't make this any clearer to you. It's like, it is a, I think it's a very moving poem, but it is a little sad. But if you want to listen to it, it's very good. I would recommend it. Thankfully, those are the end of my notes on this song. And we can move on to something. Okay. Not, somehow this is cheerier, despite it being devastating. Oh, that was just kind of sad. Does the next song make you less okay. sad? Um, not really, but we're going to move on to it. My first note for the second song, which is called Ghost of You... And because I'm starting every single time, I'm going to talk about it. Kleena's going to say more. But Kleena chose this song. Um, It is off their album, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. Um, My my first line, my first note from this song is, Kleena, are you okay? No. And just to um, remind everyone, the answer is no. This song is about a guy whose partner dies. Well, girlfriend, I guess, because we should, we do use, we get some feminine pronouns in this one. Whose girlfriend and or wife dies. And then he is debating whether or not to kill himself to join her in the afterlife. And yeah, this was my favorite song of the bunch. <laughs> but what? See, <laughs> I just feel like I should just (laughs) by comparison to the first song it is it made me happier because the first song was depressing yeah I guess so I guess contemplating suicide is better than 9-11 well no like I feel like if you listen to the first song it's kind of hard to like separate it but like this song if you don't think about it too hard it's okay I also, I, um, I have a note. At the so the very end of this song, um, he he basically he ends mid sentence, and I was listening to this on YouTube and I had autoplay on, and I don't know where it went next, but the next song it it autoplayed started with a heartbeat monitor, and so I thought I thought this song ended with a little bit of like like you know, the beeping that happens when you die from a heartbeat monitor, but it doesn't. And But the couple seconds where I thought it did, I really, really liked it. Um, but that's not part of this song. So I just got kind of disappointed. The song is sad. I still don't like his voice. I don't know what it is. I still just don't like it. Um, did you I don't love or the have sound. you ever seen the video for this song? 
Uh, no, I did see the, um, the thumbnail for it on YouTube and I decided that that would be a lot. And I had just listened okay. to the other song and I wasn't really ready for that. <laughs> That's fair. I, this is my favorite My Chemical Romance song. I love this song. It, I was very confused. It says it was released in 2005. Now I did clear this up, but it still doesn't make any sense to me. Because if you look at the Wikipedia page for the song, it's like released in 2005, but it's on the Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge album, which was released in 2004. And it's like, oh, it was a single for in 2005. That don't make no sense because it came out an album in 2004. That's just my personal beef. Unimportant. That's right. Sometimes people do do like post album release singles, you know, for when you want a cheery yeah, summer fine. song but or like, something. But like the song with the album, see, like, the song didn't come out for the first time when they released it as a single. You see what I'm saying? No, I, I get it. I think Wikipedia usually pulls for the single, especially if you're looking at just the song. I don't know, but yes, mm-hmm. no, I, I agree. That's kind of silly. Um, this song makes me sad. Now, as everyone knows, and I say all the time, I do not watch music videos, but I do watch the music video for this and the. The plot of the music video is basically they're on their soldiers going off to war, and so it's kind of intercut with like them at like parts of it is them at like a dance before they go off to war, I guess, for like soldiers and you know to meet pretty ladies and they're dancing. And so My Chemical Romance is performing on stage in their uniforms, and then it's also intercut with them storming the beach in Normandy. Oh, oh. Now, for reference, Gerard Way and his brother Mikey Way are in the band together. And then there's like Ray Toro, I think, and Frank Eero is the other guy, right? And mm-hmm. so the four of them are, are, are part of this, this outfit going to Storm the Beach in Normandy. And instead of it being about him and a lover, it's about Gerard and his brother. It's about the four of them, but like the, 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 the moving moment at the oh, end of the boy. video is about Gerard and his brother. Yeah, it gets great. And we know... Yeah, you, that's you know going like to get my you, brother. Uh, apparently. Oh, I like boy. him a lot. I never think I like my brother as much as I do. And then I see, thing about, see things about brothers, and I'm like, oh, well, that hurt my feelings a little bit. Um, I love you, but you do I, always seem to remember how much you love your brother when you remember that brothers can die. Well, I remember how much I like you, and I remember your emotional support. <laughs> White white girl can die too. <laughs> that just comes up slightly less often. I mean, I'm glad you like. I think him. it's funny I... you say you don't. <laughs> I like him a lot. I think it's funny you say you don't like his vocals because I think vocally this is his the best he has ever sounded in his life. I will go on record as saying that you can you can quote me on that one. I just I I don't. And he's he's good at singing i just the specific i don't know if it's like the accent i can hear in it or or what like again i'm not saying he's untalented i don't want anybody to come in come in and say that i'm saying that i think they're untalented i just i don't i don't know it's just not for you also i was thinking you know how like sometimes you'd be like oh my god that's so like cringe or whatever like and like like you like I was talking about the the title for the first album and stuff. I think mm-hmm. my chemical romance 
kind of I was going to say at first they walk the line between like being like leaning into the emo thing too much but like I think the best way to say it is they are the standard you know what I mean like they are the line if something went like yeah like leaned into it more than they did I'd be like they're doing too much I think Colleen and I mentioned this a lot where like lyrics sound a little bit too like tumblr deep and mm-hmm. some things I would look at and I'd be like, is that, is that Tumblr deep in, in these songs? But then I'd read it again and I'd be like, no, cause you can tell, like, you can tell that they, they mean it. I don't know how you quantify they're, that yeah. in any way, but like there, you, you can tell that they're not just saying it because they mm-hmm. think it'll sound good. If that makes sense. Yeah. And I do, I do very much yeah. appreciate that you can tell that, that, you know, their hearts are in it. Yeah, and I think for lack of a better description, they kind of are the blueprint for that. Mm-hmm. But um, I also, throughout, there's a couple songs I always think of when I hear this song because I think it's kind of the idea of like not even death will do us part, like we'll be together forever because he says, the the second line is, well, the, the opening lines of the song is, I never said I'd lie and wait forever. If I died, we'd be together. And that also makes me think of um, Work Song by our Irish man whose name i will not say um Mm -hmm. he says no grave can hold my body down i'll crawl home to her so even death won't stop me from being with her and then also that sound sound it was going it was pretty popular a few a little while ago um no children by the mountain goats i think it is and he says i am drowning there's no sign of land and you are coming down with me hand in unlovable hand so like Mm -hmm. even if the end is wretched we are together forever you you're not getting away from me a fun fact about me is one time one of my friends was like, I think you should listen to the Mountain Goats. Here's some songs. Um, and now whenever I get really, really sad, I listen to um, three or four songs on them um, on repeat. Uh, I have a playlist that's just a couple Mountain Goat songs and then a couple Lumineers songs that I save for um, t- trying times. You and no children really is on it. That might make it better or worse. Please. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this on the internet. Every time I hear the line, you are coming down with me, hand in unlovable hand, I think about you and me. <laughs> That's horrible. All right. But like, not in, a, not in a sad way. But like, Eleanor, <laughs> I always say Eleanor is my life partner. I can't get rid of her. Even if I tried, we're stuck together forever. I can confirm that. So the good and the bad. Um, this is way worse. But when you um hang up on this call, you're gonna go to Instagram and you're gonna look at something I sent you, and it's gonna make this <laughs> so much more embarrassing. I cannot wait. <laughs> anyway, anyway here for almost forty minutes, so I'm gonna finish my notes <laughs> on this song. Um. Yes, please. I wrote a lot about like the lyrics. I think, like I said, vocally, I think this is very good. Um, also, it's like 10 p.m. for me, and I'm trying not to wake up my roommate. Um, I think you can really feel the despair when he sings. He's in the chorus. He goes, "You are never coming home," and kind of like repeats that. And he says, "And all the things that you never ever told me, and all the smiles that are ever gonna haunt me." And when someone dies, I think you both hold on to memories that you made together. But also this idea that you're lamenting the things that they will never get to do. Mm-hmm. So like when he says all the smiles that are ever going to haunt me, it's thing you know, we had good times together, but also I'm never going to get to watch you 
I don't know, get married or something, you know? So, like, what you're missing out on. And after... So they have the chorus, and the chorus is a little short, shorter the first time they sing it. And then after the second verse, they expand on it. And he says, And all the wounds that are ever going to scar me for all the ghosts that are never going to... And I like the bridge. So the song is fairly loud. And then it, in the bridge, it gets kind of slow and quiet before launching right into his best vocals. I know this whole song is his best vocals, but the best vocals in the song. And I think it really captures the feeling of loss. And I think it also reflects the tendency to go from, you know, you're feeling okay. I think when you lose someone or you have some sort of devastation in your life, it, 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 you might feel okay and you're like, okay, I'm finally getting better. And then it hits you all over again. Like you just have a bad day. Yeah. Or even like I, I, I saw this post the other day that was like, you know, when, when you lose someone, you don't, you know, you don't just lose them once. You kind of lose them all over again every time you remember that they're gone. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, um, I, I Not agree. to embarrass ourselves, but one thing. I did watch Glee, right? Because I was bored and I have Netflix. And one thing I think that, like, one scene in Glee that always sticks out to me is after Kurt dies and his mom says she when she, his mom says before she lost him she didn't understand how parents who lost children how they could get up every morning and she says but you do get up and then she says something like and like for a split second you forget and it's like everything's fine and then every morning you wake up and have to remember again yeah that you're a parent who doesn't have a child anymore and then she starts bawling and i start bawling and then we have to turn off the episode yeah. um but unrelated in the video so in the video they're off to war blah 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 he's singing they're having like flashbacks of them at this little dance and then basically at the end of the video what happens is mikey his brother gets shot and dies and gerard's like trying to reach him but he's getting held back by other soldiers obviously so he also doesn't get shot and dies um but there's a shot where it transitions from them like it's shot from above and it's them standing on the dance floor with this like wooden in like you know it looks like a wooden gymnasium almost mm-hmm. and then it tran- and then like water comes rushing in and all of a sudden they're on the beach and I just think that's the sickest shot in the world. I can talk about this video for days, okay? I can talk about the end of the video for days. And then after his brother gets shot, because after his brother gets shot, him singing on the st- all the shots of Gerard singing on the stage get kind of like this fuzzy effect on them. And then he's like, he's there another scene you see them, the four of them are sitting at the bar and Gerard is singing, you know, you're never coming home, but no one else notices. So I kind of think that links back to the, you know, you're reliving these moments but like knowing what's going to come mm-hmm. and then at the end of the video he's being like held back from these other soldiers trying to get to his dead brother and he's saying you're never coming home never coming home and i don't remember when we said this but we said once that like grief sharpens your focus i think i think yeah. we were talking about like you know like someone dies and you're like okay well i have to get the funeral arrangement and blah 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 like you kind of have to focus on one thing at a time and the moment his brother dies, all he can think of is, oh, he's never coming home again. And, like, I guess in the con- if you take the video out, the context of the song, like, he's contemplating should he die to join his love. So it's like, you're never coming home again. Like, that, that is the only thing that matters to me about your death. What can I do to fix that, you know? Yeah. I don't, Anyways, I don't think well, I should yeah, ever watch the music video for this. Oh, no, probably not. No. I think I did a very good job describing it. You get the gist. Someone dies. You, Kalina's really sad for a while. You did a great job, which is why I know I should. The lyrics for the song, I think, you know, just 
compound all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever seen the video for this um, is... Just a Dream by Carrie Underwood? No. I don't think I've ever even heard that song. Have you ever heard Just a Dream by Carrie Underwood? Oh Not my by God. Carrie Underwood. Okay. Anyway, well, we we need to finish this episode, and then I would tell yes, you about Just a Dream. Okay. Um, the final song <laughs> that we have chosen is their latest song um, off of a either an unnamed album, an album that may or may not happen. There is no, I don't believe there is any confirmation at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would imagine there's an album, but anyway. Probably an album. Um, it's called The Foundations of Decay, which is a lot. Um, you see I will what I mean? Say, though, like, it's not like it hasn't quite like like tipped over the edge, but like it's there. You know, like they are mm-hmm. they are the cliff. it is it's close. And yeah. most people just go running off of it. <laughs> um, I really liked the bridge of this song. I liked how that sounded. Um. And I did like that there's some there's some callbacks to uh he talked about um you know being there the day that the towers fell. So there's there's a nice little callback mm-hmm. and I think, you know, not to get we have the same political <laughs> but I I will say that kind of the despair of so much happening and you know what what the how mm-hmm. are are we meant to do at this point i do think that that is a sentiment that uh works uh in 2001 and now perhaps maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more now um again not my sound i liked a little bit of it uh there's also a little bit of a madonna horror complex which I liked mm-hmm. um, in the uh, it, one line um, is uh, he gets to die a saint and she will always be a whore, which I I did say that I thought you'd like that. Yeah, which which I did like, um, but it, I I do think that this is this is uh, it's good that you can hear it and tell that it's a My Chemical Romance song. Because Kalina said this a little bit ago, where like they they kind of found their sound early and kind of, you know, mm-hmm. they they've pretty much stuck to it, um, mm-hmm. but not. To me, like, granted, we've only listened. I've only listened to these three songs, but it doesn't really sound like they've done it in a way that you know it sounds like oh. You know, we know our fans like this sound. They know I we know they like it when we do this certain thing. Let's just stick to it. It's just like you can kind of. At least I kind of feel like you can tell that this is just how they like writing songs, and it's not necessarily. Yeah, I think overdone. I guess. Yeah, I think there's a very clear, especially because we picked a song kind of in the middle. I think there's a clear progression in their sound without them, but they never like lose the essence of it. Mm-hmm. Like I think this is a lot quieter than the first two songs we listened to, for sure. Yes. A- and I think now that I'm thinking on it. They became big and like for a multitude of reasons, I'm sure. But I think because they were talking about 9-11, which was something, you know, for the most part, everyone could relate to 
in some capacity. Like that touched pretty much everybody, you know. Um, but also, you know how like like when people we we talk about this all the time, but like artists might sing about relationships, but in a general term, so anyone can relate to it. I think not only was nine eleven something everyone could connect to for the most part, but also just the feeling of feeling loss and 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 not being sure what to do or how to move forward for something unexpected and devastating is something everyone can relate to. Nine eleven was obviously mm-hmm. that magnified, you know, but I think like on a general yeah. scale anyone could relate to it even if they weren't impacted by nine eleven. I really like the song. I didn't think quick, I would. Um mm-hmm. I think I think especially like as Americans nine eleven was really big for us. I think perhaps other countries it might mm-hmm. not have been big, but I, even like Clean and I, we were born. We were both born just a little bit before it happened. But anyone, you know, a little bit older than us, and even now, it just like it really mm-hmm. just changed the country in in a lot of not good ways. Um, but yeah. you know, so just I I don't think people yeah. like even I don't really. We Clean and I never really lived in a pre-9-11 America, but, mm-hmm. like, it, it, yeah. it, it changed a lot. I, before I left America, I wouldn't have said it was as impactful in other countries, but I've been to a few countries since, and I've had a lot of people talk about how, like, they remember seeing that on the TV and how it changed their worldview. Like, they couldn't believe that was happening, you know, mm-hmm. even though they weren't in America. So like that's why I said I think everyone was affected by it because I think yeah on a global scale it you know one so many lives lost so that's devastating and two just something like you know no one would ever imagine that could happen except for but, um, in some countries where America made that happen just constantly yeah, because America kind of sucks yeah. sometimes but, but we're not but, we're not going to yeah, mention see, that right now because we're talking about a band. <laughs> But I was going to say, but even that, then some people, like, I've seen this a lot, not, again, not to get political, but I've seen this a lot with the war in Ukraine, where everyone's like, it's really good we're giving the Ukrainians aid, but why was it, why did, you Mm -hmm. know, this country close their borders to refugees from the Middle East when all of a sudden they can open them now? You know, so, like, everyone, not everyone might have been devastated by it, but, like, I think everyone definitely took something different from the event. Yeah, and I think, kind of on the similar vein, I think, um, Especially like the the aftermath of nine eleven for a lot of people kind of opened their eyes to maybe some hypocrisies that existed, especially like mm-hmm. when the government is concerned. One thing um, for those of you who have not caught on by now, Clean and I did not go to college in America. Um, I remember we had a lecture once, and or maybe it was a small group. I don't know, but somehow nine eleven got that it came up a little bit more naturally than the uh, last time we were talking about it but um one mm-hmm. of the americans in our class asked like how quickly after 9-11 happened did they know basically and um our obviously the lecturer was really the only person who was kind of alive and grown up enough to remember but he talked mm-hmm. about how like even even in ireland they were kind of glued to the tv which i think was kind of I don't know that mm-hmm. that kind of stuck with me even to now because I didn't realize kind of how big yeah. it was. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Before I left America, I would have been like, "Oh, that was like an American." Like other people know about it, but mm-hmm. like 
I, yeah, I remember leaving and everyone was like, no, I like everyone old enough was like, no, I watched that and we were following it. Like, it's appalling. Mm-hmm. Anyway, moving on, not to get anyway. political. Anyway, yes, um, never. We this was never. slower than I was expecting. I wasn't expecting to like this song. There's a plane going by outside. We're just having a great time. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to like this song. I was like, okay, they're making a comeback. It didn't feel like to me finding out they made new music. I thought was at first like just someone like the hoax or something and then like but to me it didn't feel like a ploy like sometimes when a band come back it kind of feels like it's yeah, just because exactly. like a lot of people asked for it not because they want and i did feel like it was genuine he's kind of i did mention in the first song he's like yelly singing and i think in the ghost of you he's like proper singing so here he's like talk singing so again mm-hmm. kind of a progression and i think it fit the vibe of the song and back to our reoccurring themes um i wasn't trying to get political but i do think throughout their music there's a reoccurring theme of like war or likening things to war so like likening of relationship to a fight or something like and then i was and then i forgot they had their whole black parade era where they dressed up in like little uniforms and you know welcome to the black parade what was that uh army you know what i mean like <laughs> so that is a that is a theme they they touch on and build upon a lot instrumentally there was a nice little build-up in the pre-chorus i thought that was very nice and then he says now if your convictions were a passing phase and i thought that line went really hard i had i have nothing else to say other than that sounds great (laughs) if your convictions were a passing phase and then after that he says may your ashes feed the river in the morning rays and i say this all the time this is a point i somehow managed to bring up very frequently which is sometimes you have to kill your old self and it's not a bad thing so like may you have to kill yourself and use that to feed the river or feed your new life it's okay to let go of what you thought you wanted and who you thought you were yes and then yeah i also noticed the 9-11 reference which is he was there the day the towers fell so i did like that there was a nice full circle moment to their very first song and I think, like, it is a very, um, it's kind of a very powerful reason to, to almost be, be pushed into to making music. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that you don't really get the sense, like Kalina said, that they came back just to kind of, because they knew it would be a cash grab, which yeah. One Direction will probably do in five to ten years just for the money. Like, for this one... I don't know. I kind of got the got the sense that they came back because they were ready and and passionate to to come back and to be not even like to be kind of one of the big three like we were talking about, but just to to be making music again. Mm-hmm. I'm manifesting that I'm going to be the manager for the One Direction comeback because I have a lot <laughs> of great ideas. I have heard maybe five One Direction songs in my life, but I think it would be hilarious. I agree. I like this series. This was fun. And I like my chemical romance a lot more than I thought I did. This was fun. Um, Just real quick. A six minute song is too long. I think songs are best when they are two and a half to three minutes. But mm-hmm. this song didn't feel long, which yeah, I, I appreciate. Say, I didn't realize it was six minutes. Hey, did you know Piano Man's like that thing's like eight minutes? To be fair, it does feel like it's eight minutes. Yeah, that song it's, feels like it's twenty. Going on for a while. <laughs> they, but it's a good song. <laughs> I could talk about that forever. 
but I won't. Oh, I know. We're almost at an hour. (laughs) Closing thoughts, Ellen? I do. I, um, closing thoughts are, I liked the songs as much as I thought I would, but I was Mm -hmm. surprised, um, that I, I was surprised how how I th- that I liked the lyrics as much as I did because mm-hmm. I was a little bit worried that I would read them and think they were all just trying to be fake deep. Um, but I do think you can tell mm-hmm. that you know they 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 take it seriously, and I think they're mm-hmm. very good at crafting a story. And allegedly, they do a lot of concept albums. Mm-hmm. Um, Colleen and I will probably never go through an album, Mm-mm. but. Uh, I do appreciate a concept album and I liked I think these songs were a lot different than obviously I'd heard a lot of singles before from them just because they you know come up you can't really avoid them when you Mm -hmm. listen to the one alternative music station that your state has Uh, yeah at least once a day and I liked those better because they were popular but I think these were still fairly similar you could still tell that it was from the same band which you can't always do when you're looking at singles versus album songs um and i'm excited that all the little mcr fans um will get to see them come back to life yeah i unfortunately i i like i like them well enough I, like i said i didn't actively listen to them i like them well enough though i thought i i'm a bit more of a fan now i think um, and I might mm-hmm. be more inclined to listen to them, but Eleanor's dogs are barking, so we're going to wrap this up. Yeah, sorry. My mom just uh, got off of work, and they know it's time <laughs> no. to go play fetch. If you have any suggestions, we'd like to do some more first, last. Um, welcome back, My Chemical Romance. I'm, I'm interested to see what they do next, and I have been Kalina. Yes. I believe um, we are posting this uh, the same week as their very first comeback tour. So uh, if you manage to get tickets, I hope you have a great time. And if they're not coming to your city, that's tough. Start walking. But start walking. Um, uh, I have been Eleanor. Sorry about my dogs. And we will be back soon for something different. Or the same thing, but a different band. I'm going to bed. Good night. And I am going to go shut my dogs up. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for listening. Don't quote me on that. One day we'll have an outro, but it's not today.